This is a trigger warning. There may be parts of this podcast that may trigger emotions or distress in a victim or past victim of domestic violence. If you have any concerns, please seek medical help or psychological help. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode, Becoming a Man podcast. This is episode 007. I'm your guy, Al. My name is Chad. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm great, man. Uh, another episode in the books. We, That's right. We rolling. We rolling. Uh, you know, we got to let the people know that our episodes will be out on Monday. Monday now. from now on. Yes. <laughs> Monday, same time, though. But it's just uh, better in the algorithm that we just start doing it on Mondays. So... Right, right. I think more people will listen in and say right. Friday, you know, you're getting your weekend started. Right. You're not really wanting to listen. No, to not at all. Um, but make sure you guys subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Um, just to let you guys know when you, you know, get the notifications on your phone when we do post our episodes. Also, leave a rate and a review. Five stars only. <laughs> exactly. but, uh, but anyway, uh, we have a special guest for you guys today that's joining in on our show. Um, we have my stepmother, Elsa. You introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. I'm very happy to be with you both and have been enjoying listening into your podcasts thus far. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank Will you. Do. We definitely appreciate it. Um, you know, we've been trying to get a lot of a lot of people to get feedback. So right. we appreciate the feedback you've given us. Yeah, and don't hesitate, you guys, to uh, follow us on Instagram as well, Becoming a Man Podcast, and send us questions, topics that you guys want to discuss or what you liked about the current episode, things like that. Exactly. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, today's topic will be about um, domestic abuse. So that that is why we do have uh, Elsa here with us. Uh, she's going to give us a lot of a lot of good information mm-hmm. on on how we can uh, avoid those situations. Exactly. exactly. And give and give her perspective on you know her experiences and how to help other women avoid these certain situations that, you know, they fall into, you know, on accident, I guess. Right, right, exactly. So, so we're going to start off. Uh, I, I do have a question here. So, what are the early signs of an abusive relationship? I think um, the early signs can be different depending on the situation. Um, but I think maybe it's useful for us to back up and just say, well, why are we talking about domestic violence? Um, mm-hmm. Why is it um, such an important thing for me to bring to you guys as a topic? Right. Um, I think, uh, as Alan has alluded to in prior podcasts, our family situation was, was not all rosy. Um, we lived through a pretty traumatic uh, living situation. Right. Um, my experience is not professional in domestic violence, so I definitely want to make sure you guys are aware that I am not a therapist, I'm not a shrink, I'm not, uh, you know, not a, a, I don't have a doctorate in this, but um, I have personal experience in this that I'm happy to share with you. And I think um, that the insights that I've gleaned from my personal experience have um, provided with me with a rich outlook on many, many facets of the domestic violence scene right. that um, that I'm happy to be open about. I think um, behind closed doors, uh, it's, it's such a, a dangerous thing. Um, people really hide uh, their domestic violence situations, and, and as did I. And in that, you um, 
find yourself really trapped and neither are you able to help anybody else. Right. And so in exiting my domestic violence situation, I found that I've been able to help a lot of people um, through being open. Yeah. Right. And so I'm happy to be with you here today being open. And, and we greatly appreciate that. You know, I, as you said, you know, a lot of people are afraid to be open and, you know, it leads to that you know domestic violence situation getting worse and worse so um we're we're glad that you're here with us and are you know willing to be open so yeah because it's hard you know for a lot of other women to open up and share their stories and experiences you know and we're glad that we have you you know to share these experiences and help other women you know avoid these scenarios in their lives and help them get through it and how to prevent avoid yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't have the prescription for everybody to, to spot the signs. There are right. certainly, as you asked me, what are the signs um, of an abusive relationship? There are certainly some standard things um, that you can look out for in terms yeah. of a partner's behavior, um, in terms of the dynamics of a relationship that will tell you very clearly that you're in a bad situation. Right. Um, right. They, you know, even getting into a relationship now I can talk in hindsight about red flags that I should have spotted but didn't mm. um, where uh, there's, a, there's a, a term called love bombing um, mm. of course every relationship when it's new is very exciting and you go into it you know with your your heart just full of, <laughs> of uh, love for, for that other person right. and you see no wrong that they commit you uh, think they're wonderful um, but at the same time um, the level of intensity um, in people who may be a perpetrator of domestic violence um, can be quite extreme. So where, um, you know, all of a sudden you're their one and only, you're the one for them, uh, they must be with you for the rest of their lives, and two right. weeks into the relationship they're talking about marriage and children and uh, to a level of intensity that's really quite abnormal. That's a great warning sign. Wow. Wow. Uh, you never thought that. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. that's that's so crazy because yeah, I, I would have never thought that. You know, living out here in Utah, that's we the, see that a lot. That's the norm. You know? out yeah, here. and it, it's not saying it's a domestic a violence situation, yeah. but um, at the same time, it's like people are, you know, getting into relationships and pretty quickly, and yeah, getting married fast, and yeah, then having kids right after. A, yeah, of course, it's a different culture here. Right. Yeah. Uh, where there is a probably a quicker level towards commitment. Absolutely. Right. Because like for when Kat and I got married, people were like, "Oh, you guys are, you know, pretty old, getting married." Because like, <laughs> right. a lot of people out here are getting married at eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Yes. Exactly. You know, anything yeah. outside the norm is like, uh, you know, a surprise. Right. Because then back in the, on the East Coast, it's like, "Oh, you're pretty young to be getting married right now." Exactly. So it's 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 crazy to think about. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, I wouldn't want to say that that is always a sign. Right. right? Right, Like you say, there are cultural nuances to it. Here, that's kind of normal. Um, There are many other signs that you could look out for um, in terms of behavior. A person might mirror your behavior. And, you know, that's quite common in early relationships, too. Right. Um, But um, if you look at lots and lots of the red flags, and you can Google it. I Googled it, right? What are the red flags of an abusive relationship? And maybe you're checking off 20 out of 25. I would say you might mm. want to pay attention to that relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a high number. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd say maybe there's a risk factor in Absolutely. there that you want to listen to. Yeah. 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 And then there's some other things that I found 
uh, about abuse. I guess the ty- different types of abuse. Abuse. There were three of them: it was physical, uh, emotional, and verbal. Which one do you think is worse? Actually, I would add to your list as well. There okay. are, I think, in my opinion, there are many, many more types of abuse. Um, I would, as a prominent type of abuse, I would include financial or economic. Really? Yeah. Um, picture stay-at-home mom. Um, dad is out working and uh, for some reason he now no longer wants to give her the money for the housekeeping and she has to go to the food bank to feed her children for example mm. wow. um, he's controlling the money to a level where you know she can't provide for the children's shoes or school clothes or whatever it might be I would include that that's very really? very common okay. yeah um, I've encountered a, a lot of friends who've gone through that so really? I'm, I'm yeah very very aware of financial abuse as another kind um, and so yeah I, I think um, it's worth looking up the power and control wheel by um, the Duluth model um, which lists lots of different types of abuse it's certainly worth googling that wow because okay. it, it, it's crazy that you, you you know you brought up um, other forms of you know abuse because mm-hmm. like the three that Alan just went over are the main, main factors. Yeah, they're yeah. the main Those ones the you main think ones. of. I mean, yeah. When you say domestic violence, well, people just think physical abuse. Yeah, just that one alone. Really? I mm-hmm. mean, they don't really think so much about psychological or emotional. Yeah. Or verbal abuse but you know depending on who you are any one of those can be absolutely devastating so it's kind of hard to answer the question which one is the worst because <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you know <laughs> one person might be able to be strong enough to withstand one kind of abuse that could be devastating for another person mm. so very true very true so it's all about what you are able to withstand but uh you know, none of us should be withstanding or tolerating any of it. <laughs> right. No, not at all. Not at uh, all. But yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, all of them are bad. You know, it, like you say, it just depends on which one that person is going through. You know, obviously that's going to be the worst one for them. And can be devastating. Right. Mm-hmm. Very devastating. Absolutely. So with, you know, everyone falls in love they get into relationships how does one fall into the role of a victim very it can happen very slowly right okay um so it's not like everybody (laughs) spots somebody who's you know treating them like um, like they're a doormat and says oh yeah I'd love to have a relationship with that person I think (laughs) most of the time um relationships like this and I can certainly say from my perspective um, become abusive gradually right Um, you come into a situation with uh, you know an idyllic scenario um, an amazing love story with your boundaries gradually whittled away until Mm. um, you're tolerating things that you never could have imagined tolerating and you don't even realize you're tolerating them wow Mm. yeah So um, I can tell you a little story if you like. Sure. Sure. Would you like to hear it? Absolutely. Are you sitting comfortably? Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. (laughs) It's called The Room. And I think it'll maybe highlight for you both um, some of the key themes of domestic violence. 
and I think it might help you to understand how these things can creep up on a person and um, how a person can dwell in that situation not really realizing what they're in okay okay birds chirping leaves rustling the heat rose but the breeze was so delicious with eyes closed the room was a tranquil delight a place to savor with a blissfully comfortable couch and the sense of being out in nature with your eyes open the sunroom was a less inviting prospect the perfect place for a summer afternoon nap was cluttered with toys with a dusty log pile left over from a mild winter. There was barely room to navigate past stacks of stored beach chairs and a messy table to be able to reach the oasis, the sofa. The sofa, an old dilapidated three-seater from the 70s covered with hideous tartan, was a much-loved friend and comfort. But opening one's eyes whilst reclined on the sofa, if you were at the correct angle, gave a view of the peaceful green walls and the verdant yard outside the grapevine taking command of the rhubarb patch and engulfing the poorly tended tomato plants. Indeed, the sunroom was a bit of paradise in the wild, inside and out, ripe for the best of the best summer afternoon naps on the sagging, slightly dusty sofa. Was the sunroom perhaps the only sanctuary in a house of war? Elsewhere, memories, flashbacks rich with fear and confusion were in the walls, the furniture and the air of every other room, even the laundry room. The house would be a home, she had thought on the day it became theirs, a place to be filled with joy, the laughter of children, happy moments and peace. Instead, in one corner of the bedroom was the memory of feet dangling, being raised high and choked for daring to ask for the volume of the TV to be turned down. A dressing room where an iPhone was smashed when she tried to call 911 as his hands were wrapped around her neck. The sofa, behind which he purposefully hid the double stroller so she would struggle through the airport on a business trip with two young boys, was old now and the leather was scuffed. The shower door that he shattered when he broke down the bathroom door to put her in a chokehold, fixed, but never would close properly afterwards, so that every time she bathed her daughter she had a reminder of that day. So many memories in so many rooms. But fear and confusion can be chased away with knowledge and she felt herself very blessed and fortunate to have stumbled across some books. Covert aggression, the author called it. Covert aggression. Everything was intentional. Night after night, quietly reading under the covers once the monster had fallen asleep, she awoke to her truth. The good times were not real. The bad times, they were the reality, and the good times were the method of gathering ammunition in preparation for the next explosion. One day an innocuous lie woke her up fully. He was literally trying to change her memories and perception of reality. The fog of cognitive dissonance suddenly cleared. The children didn't know that in their innocent remarks they'd proved him a liar. Worse, he spent two days trying to convince her how awful she was and resorted to stonewalling, then aggression, threats to her life when her reaction didn't suit, and a smear campaign with her friends and church. She woke up, and once awake, it was as if she'd never been in that fog for 17 years. She was back. The kitchen with the fridge that still evidenced his punch mark became the room of revelation. The family computer had been syncing up with his phone. I message told all, so many messages evidencing his lies. His intentions to kill her, his intentions to destroy her spiritually and mentally, they were all there. The stonewalling and intermittent threats continued. Daily she went to work and daily she returned home, fearful, heart racing with a can of pepper spray in one hand and a panic alarm in the other, dashing to the bedroom to lock the door and push a heavy armoire against it. The house was cleansed one day with the help of a domestic violence support agency and the local police, four squad cars. The path to freedom was strewn with perils, landmines even. The tire slashing, 
the day he accused her of adultery, threatening to kill her, and she fled to the Connecticut hotel with the children. The mind manipulation of the children, brutal, blatant in the goal of turning them against her. She plodded through it all. Then one day she awoke in the sunroom, her sanctuary, the one room innocent of any sad memories. The birds were chirping, the wind was rustling through the leaves, the sun was dancing on the ceiling. The room was a mess, but her children were calm. She was at peace and he was gone, banished rather to a monitored messaging service with four orders of protection to keep the distance. The passage of time opened the windows of the house to fresh air, fresh laughter, and it washed the walls of their ugly memories, painting new ones instead. The joy of children able to run in and out freely with friends, cuddles and affection allowed no longer constrained. Little by little, their souls healed and her heart forgave the predator for being a predator, forgave from a distance and waited patiently for liberation. The end.